es un asunto en el que la sociedad civil siempre ha jugado un papel fundamental. La sociedad civil. Civil society. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. Welcome back to The Grassroots View, the podcast of the European Economic and Social Committee. This episode is about the most common substance found on our planet, water. It's something we take for granted, but as drought continues to grip parts of Europe, our policymakers are looking once again at the long-term sustainable management of this vital resource. The European Economic and Social Committee, as its name suggests, has a broad remit to shape EU policies. And there are perhaps no other sectors that have such a critical importance to our economic life and social well-being as water. Joining us as guests on this episode are Politico journalist Antonia Zimmerman, Chrissy Laspidou, Vice President of Water Europe, Polish documentary filmmaker Eva Hewitt, and EESC member Pietro Francesco Delotto, President of the Committee's Consultative Commission on Industrial Change. First to Antonia, a journalist from Politico focusing on sustainability. Antonia, do you think water management is more about the quantity available to us or what we're doing with it? I think we definitely need to look at both of these factors. So inevitably, climate change will reduce the water availability uh, in Europe with rising temperatures putting you know, further pressure on water supply, making Europe drier. But at the same time, when you look at the way we manage water, there's quite a few issues. And just to give you one example, one of the key obstacles that we still face to handle water more efficiently in Europe is the fact that a lot of the pipelines that we use are actually quite leaky. And how do you see the evolution of the European policy landscape on water? One of the issues we have with the legislation that's already out there is that obviously there's a lack of, of compliance um, and a lot of countries that are not on track to meet the, the goals set out in this legislation. But at the same time, I think so far, the policies that we have have been designed with the mindset that water availability is maybe not first issue that we face. It's more about the quality of water. We need to see some kind of shift that also takes into account that we do have less water available, that we don't make the best use of the water that we have. That shift hasn't really happened yet, and it's not necessarily reflected in the policies that we've seen so far at the EU level. You've focused on water in your writing for Politico, but is it getting the attention it deserves from the media as a whole? I think a lot of us assumed that water availability wouldn't be an issue. That's something that's still reflected in in the coverage that we see as well. I think the water crisis is part of the climate story that we need to tell, and so obviously I think. For one, there's still also a certain lack of, of literacy on the topic. And at the same time, I'd say that telling the story of the water crisis also has a certain potential because when you think about it, telling the story around water availability is something that is quite relatable for people, right? I mean, we all use water every day. And so we're all going to be affected in our everyday lives when there's less available. And that would suggest that water will figure increasingly in political debates in EU member states, right? Water is becoming a very contentious issue. And the issue of who gets access to water when it becomes scarce, um, that's also, I think, an issue that will play 
much more into how politicians are going to try and rally support from different electorates, right? Because I think if you say, okay, we'll have to change our farming practices or we'll have to give less allowances to big industry, then that's a very different electorate from the broader population that might also, you know, be affected by um, water shortages. Uh, So I think in Spain, we're really seeing that play out. um, And I think it's going to remain an interesting issue to watch um, as we're heading uh, toward the, the national elections there. Thanks, Antonia, for your contribution. Now to Water Europe, which calls itself the voice and promoter of water-related innovation in our continent. Water Europe's Vice President of Collaboration, Chrissy Laspidou, joins me now. She's also a professor at the University of Thessaly. Chrissy, how is Water Europe contributing to the policy process? Water Europe has just published our new vision for water, and we felt the need to update it as uh, conditions are evolving. We see the value of water in multiple ways. So, of course, water is not just this good that we use for all our uses, but we need to see water in many other ways. For example, uh, we are speaking about circular water, which means basically that water is not just used once and then disposed of as waste, but we also uh, reuse the waste and we valorize the elements that are in there, which uh, actually uh, also refers to uh, creating those circular loops where uh, water is used and reused. Okay, what else? Then uh, we speak about multiple waters because water has different uses and uh, we should start speaking about different water qualities. For example, we should not water our gardens with drinking water quality because it it doesn't have to be that clean. So uh, water has multiple qualities and multiple uses and we should align the level of treatment and conditions of water to that. Now, you're an engineer by training. So how do you see technology contributing to addressing this crisis? Of course, we speak about smart water and digital water, which uh, uh, talks about the the different uh, technologies that we should be using and exploiting to get the information. Wherever water is, it's usually in a pipe and uh, you don't know what's happening. With the technologies, we should be able to have all the information about water, even if it's in the pipe and even if it's underneath the ground. So there is no excuse to not know where the leaks are. The technology is there to help us. So the digital water talks about us using the technologies. And then inclusive water, because water should be managed in a way that includes everyone in in its governance. And when we think about governance, what's the best approach to changing behaviour, the carrot or the stick? I think here the the problem might be a bit more complex. I think a better way to manage would be uh, to understand the users and understand the resistance to change and start speaking about uh, transformative change, start speaking about bringing about these big, big steps. I think uh, at the heart of this uh, is the, the collaboration between the actors, is understanding the power structure, the conflicts of interest, and trying to go against that and trying to change mentalities. Especially in the South, in the Mediterranean, we are facing a very serious scarcity issue, and this will only get worse, very much worse. Thanks, Chrissy, for giving us your perspective. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast.
Our next guest is a filmmaker, Eva Ewart, who's made a captivating documentary about the pollution and the restoration of our rivers. It's called Until the Last Drop. Eva, welcome. What was the inspiration behind the film you've made? It actually came when I was in the Ecuadorian jungle making my previous film about the impact of fossil fuel industry in the most biodiverse forests in the world. And I remember vividly the sequence actually made into the film as well. I was taken by the leader of indigenous community deep into the jungle into the river. And uh, the guy uh, put a white latex glove on his hand and just swiped it over the surface of that river. And the, the, the white glove turned black. And he said, this is the water that the fossil fuel industry left us. And that was that river was the only source of fresh water for that community. And how did you develop your focus for Until the Last Drop? I came across in late 2020, beginning of 2021, a landmark report, which was a work of international team of scientists, and they specifically been examining the state of Earth rivers. And the findings of that report absolutely blew my mind. It turned out that um, only one third of Earth rivers is flowing uninterrupted. I mean, it's natural course. We destroyed rivers to such degree that they are they are fast approaching the point where they won't be able to support us. And where did that report lead you to film? The biggest finding of that report for me, which finally nailed the focus, was that actually the region that has most problems in terms of river management, river fragmentation, river pollution, is Europe. I mean... The third most polluted river on Earth, after you know a couple of rivers that are some somewhere in Indonesia or in Asia, is in Europe. Is in Italy. It's Sarno River. It is a small river which is the protagonist of my film, barely twenty-four kilometers, which in ancient times had a status of god. Today, it's a foul-smelling, uh, killing stream. It's a serious subject with serious consequences for all of us. But the documentary also gives us hope, doesn't it? Tell us a bit more. I didn't want to make a film that would be hitting the viewer for one hour with a message that it's awful. I mean, the situation is tragic and it's getting worse and we're all going to die. And what I discovered, to my delight, that there are grassroots communities, there are more and more people waking up. I'm not talking about politicians. I'm not talking about policymakers. I'm talking about grassroots, regular people who live with the river, who live by the river, who live off the rivers, and who really know intimately all the problems related to the rivers. And uh, I was absolutely taken aback, you know, in terms of finding positive example. And, And this is a beautiful story, very inspiring. Eva, thanks for joining us. And Until the Last Drop is currently achieving awards and rave reviews in documentary festivals. Well worth a watch. Now, the European Economic and Social Committee's leadership on this issue lies with Pietro Francesco Delotto from the committee's employers group. And he joins me now. Pietro, give us an overview of what you're doing. It is the first time that uh, European institutions call for a comprehensive policy at the European level on water. 
Last year, at the end of July, when we, we were in the middle of the very drought situation, emergency, we thought that was the time to call an upscale policy at European level on water. So what action have you taken as a committee since last summer? Since then, we moved very straight to the point by creating a cross-cutting activity here in the committee, allowing all sections working on specific angles and perspective of water from economic point of view, social aspects, external relations, industrial, of course, internal market, and so on. And we are finalizing this work. We adopted opinions coming from different sections in the last plenary. And what would you say have been the guiding principles, the guiding ideas of this work that the committee's undertaken? Our starting point was to manage the water connected to all the economic activity, I would say, from farming to industrial processes, because we thought that it's needed to adopt an approach where industries, processes, farming will embed in their activity, water-saving procedures, technologies, innovations. We truly believe that they need to have, of course, regulations, of course, economic incentives, or disincentives on the other side. But this is a very different product to regulate as opposed to, say, chemicals or pharmaceuticals. Water is not a commodity. Water is not a good. Water is a right. For everyone, we started by saying that water is an increasingly scarce, strategic, public good. From a social point of view, uh, of course, we need to have a public planning of water reaching the 100% of the European population. Because this is a right. But on the other side, we have also to, to be, of course, effective, but also efficient. So we have to leave also public bodies, private bodies, working together in order to be as effective as possible. Pietro Francesco Delotto there, President of the European Economic and Social Committee's Consultative Commission on Industrial Change, talking about the committee's work to make water an urgent and permanent European policy priority. And thanks to my other guests for this look at a topic that touches us all every day in a multitude of ways, whether we quite realise it or not. That's all for this podcast, but we'll be back soon when we'll bring you more news and information from the EESC with the Grassroots View.